Are you thinking about buying an electric car? Welcome back to another Textination interview. I'm Fred Fishkin, and with us is Auto Trader Executive Editor Brian Moody. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Thank you for having me. Well, the car industry seems to be going all in when it comes to electric vehicles, but uh, they are still a fairly small percentage, I think, of overall sales out there. Is that about to change? I think yes to a degree, but when you, so right now, electric car sales are roughly at 2%. Um, I think that that could go up to 4% by 2022. That's a, obviously, you know, you can, you can make numbers sound the way you want. You could say, Oh my gosh, a hundred percent increase, but you're still at 4% of the market. So I think that uh, the adoption of electric cars will increase as time goes by and more and more people are exposed to them and see that they're actually, um, you know, better in some cases than gasoline-powered cars, depending on what your needs are. Well, the infrastructure plan that's being considered in, in Washington would, would offer, apparently, some, some new incentives, maybe larger incentives. Do you think that will drive the growth? Yeah, I, I would rather see it driven by market demand. I would rather see people saying, oh, my gosh, this is so great, I have to have one of these. I mean, there's a reason why they're not incentivizing Apple iPhones. You know, you don't have to. So I would rather see market forces drive it so that the average person can say, this is the, this is the perfect thing for me. Um, when it comes to charging, that's a, you're right, that's a, good, that's a good point. The infrastructure isn't quite there. Um, but even if the infrastructure is there, I think that people have to consider uh, plugging your car into a public charging station is also not going to take five minutes to fill up the way that it might with a gasoline-powered car. So there have to be other choices, I would say, incentives toward home charging systems, um, maybe hotels and restaurants have them, because when the car is sitting idle, that's the best time to, to be charging your car, not in the middle of the day while you're trying to get something else done. People will have a lot of choice, it seems, uh... And they were all electric as well as plug-in hybrids and, and hybrids. What are the big factors to consider in choosing? Well, you know, in choosing those types of cars, you should consider the three things that are uh, most important in an electric car. Range, price, and the size of the vehicle. So if you need a vehicle that's the size of a Chevrolet Suburban, an electric car might not be right for you. But if you need a car that's roughly the size of, say, a, um, I don't know, like a Ford Escape, then there are lots of good choices. Now, you have to then just consider how far do you need to go on one charge and, um, you know, how much are you willing to pay for that? Electric cars on the whole are a little bit more expensive than gasoline-powered cars, but that's just, you know, that's okay. You have to just factor that in. But uh, maintenance on an all-electric car, supposedly, from what I understand, is is quite a bit lower. Yeah, you don't have to have things like transmission oil, transmission fluid changes, oil changes, coolant. I mean, there is a coolant system in a lot of electric cars, but it's not quite the same. The tune-up, the traditional servicing, the, the you know the drive belt that's inside the engine, those things are all not likely going to break. You'll still need things like brakes, washer fluid. Um, and a cabin air filter. There's, there's things that you still will need, but not, you're right, not as many. What about things like range anxiety and, and even worries about battery longevity? Well, the battery longevity I don't think is necessarily a, 
major concern. Of course, we hear stories of batteries failing prematurely, but there's so many Toyota Priuses on the road with a battery in it, and they have in excess of 100,000 miles or maybe even 200,000 miles, and there's no reports of widespread failure. Like, I think that we're probably okay there. But in terms of range anxiety, um, I think people probably overestimate how much they drive in a day. I think that uh, an electric car with a 200 and let's say a 220 mile range is probably plenty for most people. You just charge it up at night when you're sleeping and the next day I'm guessing the average person doesn't drive to 200 miles plus each and every day. Some people do, but not the average person. Is the better for the environment question really up for debate? Doesn't it depend on, on how the electricity used for charging is generated? Totally. And that, and that varies from place to place. So let's just take as a, as an extreme example, uh, places in, in, in or around Portland, Oregon. Well, they have a lot of good public charging stations. They also have their generated, the electricity is generated through hydro, which is a renewable resource of just water flowing either from a dam or from a river that's already there. Well, that's the best of all possible worlds. You're driving a car essentially in this harm-free way, other than when it was made, and that's great. In other parts of the country, you have places where the electricity is generated from burning fossil fuels. So what did that really help? It just put the, it just put the pollution over in somebody else's backyard, probably people who can least afford to protest is my guess. Um, and then you have things like nuclear power, which is clean, and it, it really just depends on where you live, the environmental cleanliness of that vehicle. And then I would say if, if, if you're the kind of person that is really into that, I would investigate the whole process of making the car first. I would look into how the ore for the battery is mined. I would look into what electricity in your area is generated. I would look into those types of things before making a decision. But there is a way that it can work. Um, it's just not 100% there yet. How much impact uh, is the pandemic having on how people buy cars now? Well, quite a bit. I think what it did was it sped things up. So we were already moving toward a place where people wanted to buy and could buy a car completely online. But the pandemic sped that up because dealerships realized, hey, in order to stay competitive, um, we have to adapt maybe a little bit more quickly than we would have previously liked. So for example, I'll give you, this is a bit of a, a self-promotional thing, but I think it's worthwhile. On AutoTrader, you can sort cars by all kinds of different criteria. Um, you know, I want a convertible, I want a manual transmission, I want on and on and on like that. But you can also check a box that says, I only want to see cars for sale where they will do an in-person at-home test drive, a virtual walk around of the car, and they will bring the car to me at my home once the deal is complete. So you can, you can say, I only want to see cars with that service. So that's something that was probably going to come anyway, but I think the pandemic sped it up a little bit. Um, so most of those car buying decisions are now being fueled by the idea that I want to shop and I might even want to buy completely online. And uh, that leads us to uh, where should folks go for more info? Well, for more information, you can go to autotrader.com. We actually have our list of the 10 best electric cars for 2021. And that's worth checking out if you're interested in an electric car. We even included some plug-in hybrids, and we have cars in a variety of price ranges. These are new cars, by the way. And that's something you can find on Autotrader. Ryan Moody, thank you for taking the time with us. Yes, thank you. 
Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers. And that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC Skywave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.